Welcome to Business with Beers. I'm your host, Brian Beers. This is a podcast for business owners who want to scale their business to massively grow their income and contribution by investing in people, process, and technology. This week, we got an amazing show with Hugh Carnahan. He's an expert at the two-second lean, which is a process that's dedicated to continuous improvement. Hugh became a millionaire by applying these principles to real estate, and he now teaches other companies how to reduce their costs, increase their efficiencies, and create a thriving culture. In this episode, Hugh and I take a deep dive into the two-second lean process. You'll hear about how it focuses on developing people by creating this feedback loop where employees are teaching each other and coming up with ideas to make everyone else's job easier. Listen to the end where Hugh gives us a great strategy on how to hire the best employees. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends, rate and review with your favorite part to help us reach more people. Welcome to the show, Hugh. Well, thanks for having me on, Brian. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. Well, this wouldn't be business with beers if I didn't ask you that we are at a bar having a drink. What are we drinking? Well, we'd probably be at my house okay. and we'd be drinking one one of the 20 or 30 beers that I have on tap um, okay. that I do myself. But, uh, you I brew that, yourself? I brew myself, yeah. Okay, what's your favorite? Or what are you drinking now? I love IPAs. Um, okay. Usually like a hazy or a uh, tropic IPA. So okay. I have one of those with me here today. Fantastic. That's awesome. So if you could share your story, who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Sure. Well, um, I guess my name is Hugh Carnahan. And my story is that I went from a W-2 to a millionaire in 15 months. I did stow using the vehicle of real estate. I had no prior real estate experience. I was going to take the money and buy solar panels. Um, and... Um, 15 months later, I ended up doing stuff like taking commercial properties that were at a 2.6 cap and turning them into an 11 cap in, you know, four months time period. And that started getting the notice of people. And I got, did that all with a secret weapon that I have, and it's called two second lean. So you buy them at 11 cap and then resell them at a two? No, I'll buy them at a two cap for low. Okay. And then I'll increase the profitability and then I'll burr it back out from the bank. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And then, um, yes, yeah, so you mentioned two second lean. So what, what is, what is that? So two second lean is a secret weapon and it's for business owners. Uh, and it turns every single member of your organization into a profit making machine. Um, and it's one that nobody is talking about. And so that's it, basically, it focuses on empowering your people to solve their own problems. And a byproduct of all that is profit. Okay. All right. And then, so, so share maybe some of your story of how, how did you do that? Can you give us an example of maybe one of these, these properties that you bought that you implemented this plan and, and how sure. it worked out? So one of the ones was the very first time I have all my background was all my experience, which started in 2019, when I bought my first re residential property, okay. I did a bunch of repetitions and got decent at basically the burr process, which is flip and holds is an easy way to explain it for people. Um, and when I actually finished or I started looking at commercial properties, because it's almost as much work to do a large commercial property as it is to do maybe two small residential properties. And so one of the first things I bought was a hotel, motel, 
gas, sorry, a motel, gas station, and commercial building. And they were the owner was an older gentleman, and he had owned it since the 80s. So he was basically selling it for the value of the land under it. So he ended up buying it for 2.6 million, and he had discounted the fact that there's any businesses on top of it. Uh, or any structures on top of it, because the assumption was we're going to scrape it and build, you know, uh, a target or something like that. And he, um, so, he operated it. He operated the gas station, the motel, and the he rented out the commercial property. He was just a landlord. Okay, just a landlord. Okay. He, he owned the motel, which someone else ran. The hotel, which someone else ran. Uh, or sorry, the, the commercial structure that someone else ran, and then the gas station. He just owned the building and a gas station operator. And um, so I bought that, and it's very. It's very, very similar to a lot of your other guests who have come and talked. You buy it from an older person who's aging out or from the kids who maybe someone passed away. They don't want to deal with this asset. They don't know anything about it. And then you buy it for the value that it sits based on the cash flow because commercial real estate's very cash flow. How much the value is worth is very cash flow dependent. Yep. So you buy it for a lower cash flow and then you run and operate it properly which my background was in operations from a two-second lean manufacturing company. And I just ran it properly. And then within four months, basically took it from $2.7 million, which is what the property was bought at. And its value was then $5 million afterwards. And I was able to uh, recoup all of that money. Uh, still own the property outright, or not outright, but still own the property, have cash flow in real estate. And now we've got $3.8 million in the pocket to go do it again. So did you start operating those businesses or was it a matter of increasing the rents? How did you increase the cash flow? Right. So there's, there's twofold. One was the rents. That was the easy one. Um, I know the gas station hadn't had rents raised since 1988 okay. on the original lease. Yeah. And so we tried to raise them a little bit uh, and they threw a fit. And um, so well, we started raising the rents a little bit, but really it was the motel aspect. Okay. Never run a motel before, don't know anything about the hospitality service, but it doesn't matter because with Two Second Lean, I was able to walk into it and what a company, any company, your company, my companies, what we think we're spending all our time doing has nothing to do with what our value add is to our customer. So I walked in and was able to kind of systematically break down the processes and then train the teams that were already on site to basically think like a business owner uh, and have full buy-in and all that good stuff and build a culture of continuous improvement. And the byproduct of that was creating an $8,000 spread of NOI per month. All through increasing the profitability of the motel, hotel, whatever it was. Right. So we burned the candles on both ends a little bit. One, we increased revenue. Yep. But more importantly, we ran it more efficiently, so we decreased expenses. And what that does on a commercial asset is it makes your, your profit go crazy because you're based off of the, uh, the profitability that you bought the property yep. at. And whatever this, you know, if you save a dollar, it's divided against the cap rate. Yep. And then it makes, you know, you know, if you have a nine cap, for instance, I think a dollar would be like $270 of the value or something like that. So yeah. that spread that we created was um, uh, was $8,000 $8, a month. And then we were able to do that within four months. Yep. Yep. It should increase then, the property by... I had a full-time W-2 as well. Okay. So you did that one. You learned how to go... Take, take what you knew from the manufacturing company, applied it to this operating business, this hotel. Uh, and then what'd you go from there? What was next? 
so from there, uh, that is a interesting thing is when you do that and then you start sharing and spreading and teaching other people. One of my big things is I'm a, maybe networker is not a great word. I don't know, but I like bringing value to others. Okay. And so you connect, anyone connect people, who, right? Connect people. Yep. Right. So I would just talk to anyone I possibly can about how to help them out with their business. And so I was just providing value. And that's actually how I ended up buying real estate in the first place. I was trying to provide value to the solar panel guy. And he's like, don't buy my solar panels. <laughs> you should buy real estate and check out this company called Bigger Pockets, and then use that to pay for your electricity. But uh, I started sharing kind of what I had done and trying to help others. And I had someone who had a uh, an off-market deal that contained a hotel, a motel, and two apartment complexes. And apparently I was now the motel guy or the hotel guy because I had done yeah. it once and yeah. had crazy results. Yeah. But, but um, so I really thought about it and I was like, okay, that's why I decided to get into the hotel business as well by accident. Um, so it was really passing the, the value to other other folks. But um, so you, you bought that deal? So I, I became a one-third investor in a uh, in that deal, and I was brought on because of my experience and my my hustle and knowledge. And so, me trying to educate other people is kind of what brought, I guess, good deals and good people to me because I wasn't looking for that. Yeah. Um, and so I run the operations with Lean, and in the manufacturing space. Manufacturing is extremely cutthroat and everyone's competing against everybody and everyone's competing with China. And um, if you don't have the best operations in the world, the best systems and processes, you'll go out of business, you know, yep. really, really quickly. So the lean methodology, it has little, people look at it and they're like, oh, I'm not manufacturing, that's not for me. No, these are the most well-run operations on the earth because it's so cutthroat and so competitive, you will go out of business instantly unless you can adapt. So I took those lessons and moved into real estate, which I don't want to say it's sloppy, but you can bumble your way through a lot of stuff and come out with profits, um, which is basically exactly what I did is I didn't know have any experience and was able to just kind of um, okay. leverage experience from my core four and go from there. So is that your full-time focus now? Is the, the real estate, these burr deals, is it hotels? Is your expertise? Is it, what, what's today look like now? So I have three companies um, and one of them is a real estate investment company. And basically we burr for my own properties, but we also burr for other investors, uh, that for, for family members and, and rooting partnerships. Then I have, uh, it's not a, cons it's an own LLC it's not a consulting company, but I will go consult if businesses ask me to and basically set that culture mechanism. And then um, the last one is I have a YouTube presence and following. And that is very, uh, I try to teach the concepts of lean through things like gardening and coffee pots and coffee makers, because so many more people can relate to that, but it's directly applicable to saving millions and millions of dollars. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thanks for catching us up. So let's talk a bit more into to lean and, and what does that mean? How does it work? How does someone get started? Like, let's just kind of dive dive into that. Um, sure. so you mentioned first, it's about creating a, a culture where you're going to need employees to kind of look for areas of improvement, right? Um, that kind of self-buy-in of a sort. Um, that was the initial 
kind of teaser, but let's let's get into it a little bit more. So sure. what is it? How does it work? So Lean is about growing and developing people, period. And what most of us are familiar with Lean, they may have heard of Six Sigma or, oh, I'm a green belt at this or black belt at that. And that is a, like a bastardization or Americanized or Westernized variant of Lean that I don't really buy much into. It focuses too much on the actual um, specific mechanism, but the original origins of Lean, as far as Japanese are concerned, and really the Americans that taught it to the Japanese back in the 40s, was it was about empowering and developing your people. But in the 80s and 90s, it became about cutting costs, and let's if we can get more productivity out of people, then we can do that. Um, but Lean and leadership is... The culture thing is extremely important. So when you come in, you set a culture in place, and then that starts the mechanism. So have you ever heard of, uh, not Millionaire, Miracle Morning? There we go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Practiced for the most part. So Most people in Miracle Morning, they're kind of about going through and doing a, a routine every morning that results in a lot of successful things. The way two-second lean works is you kind of have a very similar process where you have a routine every morning at every one of your companies that everyone's involved with from you as the business owner all the way down to the guy who sweeps the floor at night. And that routine happens to be a a habit that builds uh, a culture of critical thinking and continuous improvement. And so where I would start with it is if you haven't read the book, uh, go and read the book Two Second Lean by Paul Akers and then start practicing uh, in your own life around there. Okay. So you're saying it's this kind of like the, the miracle morning, it's this, this schedule that you follow, but it's yeah. at your, your company that you're doing it. Can, can you give us an overview or an example of some companies you worked for? What, is that, what does that schedule look like? Uh, what's that 100%. agenda? Yep. So I'm going to give the secret. Here's the secret sauce. And... of people will hear the secret and they're not going to do anything about it or they're going to do it and they're going to overthink it. The secret is doing something called 3S time for 30 minutes in the morning. And then we have an hour of morning meeting. And then we have a five minute recap with the leadership meeting. And that happens every single day. The 3S time is called sweep, sort, and standardize. And during that time, no one in the companies are allowed to work. The only thing they're allowed to do is make improvements that make their own job easier. So that's 3S time. Then you have an hour of morning meeting. And morning meeting is you're not allowed to talk anything work-related again. It's about developing uh, training and developing critical thinking skills with your teams and employees. And then we have a five-minute recap um, with each of the the site leads because we're a multi-site company. We have people all over the place. So... That's really hard to manage if you're in charge of a company. And so that mechanism happens every day that the company is open. And it basically has information go from the top down and from the bottom up super quickly. And there is, we call it the short feedback loop. There is no ability to, if something goes wrong, you know about it almost immediately. And you can adapt and address problems. Or here's the thing that most business owners will talk about. If something goes right, you have the opportunity to train everyone in your organization to do that with ease. 
Hey guys, Brian Beers here. In addition to being an entrepreneur, a podcast host, and a real estate investor, I work with a handful of clients as a strategic business coach. Success is 80% mindset and 20% mechanics. And as your coach, first, I focus on that 80% mindset. I help you get clarity on the vision that you wanna create for your life and your business. We then set goals that align with creating that future. From there, it's all about having a laser focus and taking action on a daily basis. You know, I'm a friendly guy, but you're not hiring me to be your friend. You're hiring me to help turn decades into days by holding you accountable for doing what you say you're going to do. So if you're interested to learn more, go to brianbeers.com to book a coaching discovery call today. So 3S, sweep, sort, standardize, plus an hour meeting, plus five minute recaps. You're talking almost an hour and a half, right? Five days a week or six days a week, whatever, every day. Uh, so for most companies, they're going to say, ha, ha, I don't have time for that. Like, Absolutely. Right? That's the first thing they'll say. Yep. That's what I say. <laughs> and if you think that your employees are working for eight hours a day, then you're, you're grossly joking and, and you're kidding yourself. At maximum, most companies get about three hours of good work out of people. And mm-hmm. if you get, if you are involved in these really, these two second lean companies, which I've been a part of several, most companies end up having five to six hours of excellent work. The reason why is very simple. When you ask for people's ideas, first off, we have one job title. We have one job title. And our job title is process engineer. People are paid to think a byproduct of their job, of of what they, the real job, which is to think is, you know, the floors get swept or the, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the oil gets changed or whatever that may be. So when you have people thinking about making their own life better, that's where you should really start to snowball. And one of the things that happens usually is, you know, especially with probably people in GoBundance and these, these groups like this, we were, the, we were the baker that then ran a bakery, right? We did the floor sweeping job all the way up, but then as we scaled, we hired more and more people and it became more and more complex. And then we kind of expect them to, to bring on kind of an ownership style mentality, but they, they didn't do the repetitions that we did. So this two second lean culture in the morning routine really is a mechanism that step-by-step builds that culture, right? I think two or three episodes back on your podcast, you had someone that talked about selecting for the right culture coming into their company. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is t- talking about taking who you have and selecting for the right people and then developing them to all be little business owners because okay. their job, you know, if, if I change oil every day, okay, that's my job. No, your job isn't to do that. Your job is to be a process engineer. Your job is to think about how to make changing oil easier, not just for you, but for the next guy forever. A byproduct of that is the oil gets changed. And when you get that kind of ownership, it is an absolute incredible feeling for people who are engaged and like, it, it is, it's, it's very odd, no joke, people will show up and you're not wasting their employee genius, right? Uh, every one of us has greatness unlocked inside of us. And us on this journey, someone who's listening to this podcast, probably we woke up at some point and we're like, man, there's more for my life. And they got involved mm-hmm. with yep. chasing this stuff or they got involved with GoBundance. Well, we basically turn our... Um, company into that that culture, that environment that basically grows and develops everyone's genius. And we're seeking to grow their greatness out of them. 
which even the most boring person ever has that great greatness inside of them. And you make it about making their own jobs easier and lives yep. easier. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I I totally agree that each every single one of us can achieve a lot more than what we're being asked. And a lot of times, it's it's being exposed to new ideas. It's through education. It's through the you know, development. So if a company has trouble, like even for us, like so for we own auto repair shops, right? We open up at seven thirty, uh, and most of them, and you know, we're, it's like a retail business. So people are like coming in. It's it's not like a manufacturing where you know no no yeah. one's coming in. Um, so how how do we fit in? That do, can we just compress the, the item so it's a it's a half hour deal instead of you know an hour and a half? Uh, what, what would be your advice? Um, the advice would be the following: so if you, um, if you come out, if you copy what we do exactly, you're going to fail. So it'll be it'll be different for every single company. Okay. But what we did was we're retail as well, right? We have we're operating hotels and motels. My mm-hmm. experience was in manufacturing, but now I'm in basically outward facing retail okay. uh, yep. and customer service space. So what we did is we basically set our starting hours at a certain time frame, and then we go back an hour and a half and that's the beginning of our workday. So if you guys open at 7.30, then your workday would start at six. Now that gets hairy for people coming in and then there's multi shift yeah. problems if you have you know people coming in for a second shift or graveyard shift. Um, but you can basically compress some of the things but the real learning occurs when you teach. And so it's really the way the mechanism works every morning is the more of more time you can spend training, the more everyone gets out of it and can bring to them during that work day of what they can actually accomplish and get and then, done. And then what, what gets trained? Who trains it? How do you make sure the trainer's trained? That's a fantastic problem or a fantastic question. And it's the problem that most business owners face. Yeah. So let's say... Um, let's say you want to be in shape. Okay. We're going to go and we're going to train and we're going to go work out, right? Or, or we know that we should. So the successful people that want to be in shape who really need it, they're going to do it. Same thing with a business owner who says, I'm going to train my team. The mechanism itself trains. So you have a template, but really the people who actually train the morning meeting are the employees themselves. So okay. every day we just go alphabetically. It's easy. There's no arguing. Um, and you know, this day, you know, Bill will, uh, train and then it'll be Jim and then it'll be Sally and then it'll be Sarah. And you just kind of go through alphabetically and there's a template and they follow the template and the training is about, um, about lean. They're not allowed to talk about work. They're, they're only allowed to train about critical thinking and these high level concepts from lean. Okay. And the template does that. My job as the owner is to foster their, training and make sure that the values that we set forth, the template is going down the right path. But that's kind of where we get into, I don't know if you've read who, not how, mm-hmm. but a lot yep. of your audience probably has yep. or the miracle morning or not the miracle morning, a four hour work week. It's about getting the responsibility off of you as the owner and onto other people. Well, that's the main reason we hire people, but how many of us spend large portions of our day training? Yeah. Not, not enough, right? We set the vision. And, you know, maybe hear it from us a couple of times a, a year, but to really truly understand it, believe in it and have them that what drives them as much as it drives me. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's that's definitely an error. I think we all could improve on. At least I could. Absolutely. And then another thing you 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 you, you have your business, you have your uh, personal coaching, your business coaching training. Yep. You're very, very knowledgeable at the strategies 
probably because you teach it all the time. That's and true. Yep. When you teach something, do you know what the percentage of retention is? A, a lot more. Yeah. If you can teach it, right, you can retain it a lot more. It's about 90% retention. Okay. Yep. Or higher. If you're engaged, right, people are like, ah, I have to see it. I have to do it. That is, at best is 30% retention. Hmm. Now, if you lead with a question, that gets you into that 30% bucket. If you're lecturing, then at best, without going through a cultural or language barrier, it's 10%. So when we do training every morning, the real person being trained is the person who's providing the training. Yep. Now, so let me just let me just stop sure. you there. So if so, from the bottom up, if you lecture something, the audience is going to retain ten percent. So I give at a, best. At best, okay. So I Maybe lecture. The abundance person might get like twelve or thirteen percent. There you go. So I lecture my my team on whatever why we want to sell tires, right, or whatever it is, right. So ten percent of what I they're going to retain that. If if they're engaged, I'm posing questions that they're answering back. Thirty uh, percent of the room or or of the content, however it's measured, right. Uh, and yeah. But if I tell an individual here, I want you to get up on this whiteboard and uh, educate the rest of the room on what we just did, right? And they have to kind of teach it, then 90, 90%, right? Thousand percent. That's exactly right. right. And so you say, hey guys, Bill's going to tell us why we're selling tires today. And then Bill's going to be like, ah, yeah. and then he's going to teach it, but he'll never forget. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's great. Like, you know, nugget. And uh, so that's why I guess through these huddles, they, so then did the, did the individual then pick what they're going to teach that day? Could he, I mean, you said follow a form. I don't know what it looks like, but is it something that this is what I've been, I've done this week and this is how I do it. Like, yeah. Give him an example well, maybe of what one of your hotel ones. That, two, um, two things. One, I can just say, uh, Brian, you and members of your audience are more than welcome. If you can reach out, we'll schedule a time. You can join one of our morning meetings so you can see it firsthand. Okay. But basically we have a template. The template doesn't change. The template, it cycles through on its own every day. So every day, it just kind of, okay, I went, oh, let's say it's alphabetically, you know, we go over, we're, today we're going to teach A and then B and then C and, and D. And it just goes on to the next day. Eventually, everyone will come up and they'll train, but every time they cycle up to train, they'll be training a different topic. Okay. The second one is the way they train is they have to produce a video. And this is going to blow your mind. I've got mostly uneducated folks or folks that never had a formal education, right? I'm just a okay. blue collar guy. I'm, I'm a hick from Missouri. And our guys are creating a PowerPoint, some of which have never used computers, shooting horizontal video on cell phones, editing the cell phone, upload, uh, up, editing the footage, uploading the footage to YouTube, putting it into the PowerPoint, and then the next day giving a presentation. Daily? They do daily? Daily. Oh my God. <laughs> and now, yeah, here's I'm the best yeah, okay. And this is going to be shocking to you, Brian. Yep. Ready? I don't babysit the process at all. Really? I taught it once at the very beginning. And okay. I made it very clear that the next person who trains is going to be training the next person the next day. And the next person who trains is going to be training the next team morning meeting person the next day. And what you do is you give the template is just a guideline for what you want to do. But each employee is now going out of their way to take ownership and attempt to articulate. It doesn't matter. If, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if they even are good at the presentation they give. What matters is they attempted to do it. So that employee that trained gets 90% retention. Yep. So is it the same number of things that they're training on, the same 10 items or whatever that's just getting on repeat? Or is it every, like, is 
I don't know. What's it? Top tires. 50 60 items. That okay. We so it, but it's the same. They're not just picking something random. They're, they're following this thing that said, this is how we, I don't know, make this widget or make this thing or organize this or right. clean this, whatever, whatever it is. Right. So, so through the cycle at the end of the year, each employee will have taught hopefully, you know, one of the items or each item right. once. Right. But he, could he, could he, could he teach it multiple times? Absolutely. Uh, it okay. happens often. So I've got about 15 or 20 people under me with my, my personal companies here. But another thing they do is they share the improvements they make. Okay. And so it's not just about them training. It's also about sharing the idea that they come, came up with. Well, if you have, have multiple facilities and someone comes up with an office or a printer improvement over here, it could be directly relatable to other improvements. So now you have multi-sites and multiple employees engaged in exchanging ideas. And then they also focus greatly on gratitude and giving credits to others who have helped them. Um, within the training as well, they share their improvements. They do train a set template, but they also have an opportunity called continuing education. And continuing education is where they get to pick whatever they want to train. Some people train about health. Some people train about eating. Some people train about lean. Some people train about... Uh, I, I, we had one of our... Uh, uh, grounds wardens trained about how they make um, basically really simple and quick ways to um, do landscaping for like very cheap, but highly effective and it looks nice. And some of our best employees, some of our best ideas come from brand new employees who have never, yep. I mean, it's, it's new guy theory. Yeah. Because they're bringing in ideas from other companies and yep. Um, exactly. So I know we're getting close to the end here. I, I have a couple more questions. Sure. So, so the biggest one for me is anytime we're trying to roll out something new, you know, we have all these sites, all these employees, and it, it's it's difficult to get everybody kind of on that same page. So how do you go about then getting the engagement? Do you start with one or two and hopefully it kind of gets some fire from that? Or is it, um, you know, everyone at once and you're just kind of going all in? How, how does a company like this sounds great, sounds awesome, actually, but like it's this overwhelming task of, of how do I get all these people on board? about coming in even a half hour early, even if we're paying them, it's like, right. you know, this big deal. So what's your recommendation? How do, you, how do you at least get started with this kind of thing? Great. So the first thing is read the book, Two Second Lane, you know, yep. the foundation. And then you just kind of start. And it's going to be horrible for like three months while you're <laughs> okay, starting. Yep. It's going to be one of the worst, yep. worst things that you'll ever do. And, and people will be like, Brian, this is the dumbest thing. Bill quit. Jim, Jim's thinking about quitting. This is a waste of our time. And so that, that's, be prepared for that. And the reason okay. why is because we suck because we, we're just starting something new, right? Um, at the very beginning of my life, I was like the world's worst walker. Couldn't walk. Um, and, and now I can walk okay. Sometimes I can walk in my car. And, but so you just kind of practice and practice and practice. But you, you, you get everyone on the same page and you keep bringing everyone to the same page. So if you want a vision to stick, what do you do? You repeat it all the time. You put it, print it. You cast it yep. over and over and yep. over, right? So you want the vision to stick, you do that. And then how many people do you devote your time to every day? Uh, I don't know, five, maybe four, oh. you know? So every day, if you can break it down into a hierarchy structure of having three to five people at most who you train and develop, yep. those people have three to five people beneath them who they train and develop. Now, how many people do you have collectively? You said you have a few hundred people that work for you? Uh, 125, something in that range. 
is it more difficult for you to help and develop and grow five people or is it more work to develop and grow 120 people? Uh, yeah, it's, it's five, it's three. It has the less, the better. The less, right. the better. Yeah. So you really focus on them. It's a lot more complicated, but the, the, it's very, hold on. it's very simple, but it's difficult to do. If you spend your time developing those people and you set the standards and you really develop those people, but the expectation of you developing them is that they develop their five, three to five yep. people beneath them. You don't, all you have to do is spot check the people underneath them and their knowledge or their value structure. Or do, do, does Jim know why we're selling tires? Hey, Jim doesn't know why we're selling tires. Yep. You go to the person above them and you say, it's not Jim's fault that he doesn't know. You got to spot check. Is there something with extreme yep. ownership, right? Did we not teach something? Is there something broken about the process? 85, and this, this is something good to internalize. 85% of the time, it's always the process. It's almost never the person. Yep. What did we do wrong? Yep. Where did the process break? Even yep. if someone is the problem. So starting at a high level, getting everyone engaged, casting the vision over and over, but then really focusing in on developing a few people. Okay. That was that. And then, and then your claim or, or what you've seen is that by getting everybody engaged, by getting this feedback, by the education, that's how they then start to have kind of ownership in, in the success of the business. And, you know, cause that's it. as business owners, right? We want, want employees to think like we do. Do they see those parts on the ground? That's just money sitting there and it sits there for weeks and I walk in, I get them all returned in a day. Right. Um, but, but you're saying it's this, it's this process. It's this ritual, which then starts ingraining this, um, you know, just like anyone who believes in miracle morning, this is an organizational level miracle morning. And it's what tools you're giving your employees to return stuff. You know, maybe you can get it done in a day, but they didn't have the access to the Amazon card or there was no system or process in place. That was number one. And number two is, yes, that is absolutely the result. And it sucks to get to just like it sucks working out. But if you want to be healthy, you do it. I, if a lot of your business owners or entrepreneurs, um, a lot of us, if we step away from our business, it either goes to lukewarm or worse. We're just terrified of stepping away from business. Yep. And so if you can't right now say, I can step away from my business for a month and it still be there when you come back, then you're probably doing something wrong uh, from a, you've just missed a whole section of it. You're a good worker, but as a business owner, your goal is to replace you. It's probably yep. one of the reasons you started the business is for financial freedom and independence. Yep. If you do it right, I have no doubt with any my three businesses, I could step away from all three of them for a month, come back, and not only will the businesses still be there, but they'll have improved along the way while I was gone without me having to babysit or hold hands. And that's really the kind of where we wish we could yeah, go. That's great. That's where we're all working towards. So fantastic. So what's next for for you? What's the next three years look like? Where are you taking your life and your business? Three years? Uh, that's a long time away. One year. <laughs> one year. <laughs> one year. Um, one year away, I'd really like to kind of get uh, more well-known on YouTube so I can start training and developing business owners and business leaders how to uh, basically get the fulfillment out of their jobs and empower hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people who can really apply these things directly to their life. I mean, I took the business, the lean lessons applied into my life and went forward. So I, I really, people helped me out along the way uh, to get to where I am today. You know, no man is an island. And I want to help 
whoever, you know, and pay, pay that forward because of all the amazing help that came there. And I want to leverage two second lean to teach as many people as possible how to run their own businesses and to kind of similar to uh, Mike Michalowicz, who wrote Profit First, yep. uh, his passion is getting people out of entrepreneurial uh, poverty. And my passion is to get business owners out of entrepreneurial time enslavement, right? Okay. We all started so we could run our business, but so much of us, you know, I felt it. Our business runs us and yep. we're kind of burned into the ground. Buy yourself a job. You know, we bought ourselves a job and then we're, we're working 80 hours or 100 hours yep. a week yep. and no one cares as much as we do. Yep. Uh, that's great. Well, what's your YouTube channel? And we'll link it up too. It's uh, it's called, if you just go on YouTube, type in Hugh Carnahan. Okay. My, it'll say Hugh Carnahan, Weaponize Your Mind. Okay. And it basically teaches lessons in all kinds of ways. It's finance and real estate heavy, but it's also gardening and stuff around the house. But all of it's directly applicable yep. to... Okay. Get you in that mindset of starting to look in for ideas. And yeah, I watched a number right. of your videos and they were, uh, they were good. 12 year old right. kid and yeah, some, yep, yeah. some of your uh, construction inefficiencies. So that's cool. Uh, any, any books you're reading now that you'd recommend? Yes. Uh, I've plugged it twice now. Um, but if you have not read Two Second Lean, we, have, we hear all kinds of great ones, but Two Second Lean is free. It's on YouTube. If you want, if you could go to Paul Aker's website, you can download it. I stumbled upon it and I am a millionaire to, today. Not only that, it layers on top of any and all training and knowledge that you already have. It's like if you had a Phillips head screwdriver and, and you your expertise was building houses, all right, you were using a Phillips head screwdriver and screw to do it. And then I show you what an impact driver is. Okay. Yep. Didn't teach you anything different. You had the knowledge to do it, but one's a lot easier and simpler but it literally layers on top of all the things that you've already are doing well in life. And it teaches you how to see and, and spot things that are um, kind of maybe blind spots that we don't realize that we have. Yep. Yeah. It's a great book. I uh, read it a number of weeks ago. It, it takes like a day or two. It's a pretty, pretty short read and it's entertaining. And uh, yeah, I got, I got a, I got a lot of out. It made me start to really think about a number of our processes and, you know, where we're inefficient and, yeah, obviously get these daily huddles and getting everybody involved is is the key. So right. Uh, fantastic. So where can listeners connect? We we got your YouTube channel. Where else? Um, is that the best place to get in contact with you? So we have that, and then we have uh hillbillyleniac at gmail.com. Okay. Um, and you, I'll send that to you so you guys yep. can yeah, we'll post it up. Post it. But there's that. And then I have leniac uh 12 on Instagram. Um, and then uh, I have a greater Ozark Realty as my uh, real estate focus. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you coming on today and sharing all your your knowledge about Two Second Lean. I think, you know, you really got people, uh, you know, engaged and thinking about this. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm going to take you up on on um, your invite to kind of drop in on one of your, your meetings, I guess, virtually to see kind of what it looks like. And if anybody else is interested, they can just email you. Is that the best way? Yeah, it definitely yep. works. And and one thing too, I just want to say to all your listeners um, that, that made it this far in the podcast so far, smart people refuse to believe how simple it can be. And notice I said it was simple and not easy. Yep. So it's a it's a one of the my great successes is because it's so simple. I did not overthink it. I didn't get caught up in analysis paralysis. 
I just tried it. And when it, when it failed, I course corrected and so on and so forth. And so if you guys are, have listened, just give it a shot, listen to it. If you take something from it, it's better than nothing. Yep. 100%. Well, thanks again. And I uh, look forward to connecting with you again. Thanks, Brian. All right. See you. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of Business with Beers. My goal with every episode is to help inspire you to reach new levels of success in your own business and life. So start taking action today. And in order to help this podcast reach more people, please rate, review, and share. To connect with me on Instagram and Twitter, check out the links in the show notes. And until next time, have a great day.